Okay, so yesterday we spoke about the concept of holy offspring versus unholy offspring. And what we learned was that there are two kinds of uh, things we could think about. And these two kinds of things that we could think about produce two different kinds of emotions, two different kinds of feelings and behaviors. When we think about God's goodness and God's kindness, that produces holy offspring, meaning holy feelings of love and reverence for Hashem. We think about the greatness and exaltedness of Hashem that causes feelings of reverence for Hashem. When we think about how uh, we are missing something and we're afraid what might happen, we create negative feelings. We create unholy offspring, meaning unholy feelings. The word offspring is used for feelings because feelings are produced by thought. That's what Chabad Hasidus is about. One of the things it's about is thinking about things that will change the way we feel so that we'll have wholly good feelings. So it's not that, I think psychologists use this expression, watch out, watch out what you're thinking because what you're thinking will affect the way you feel. You have to pay attention to what's going on in your mind. So it's not that I suddenly have anxiety because of uh, my finances or because of my health or whatever. It starts somewhere. It starts because I start thinking about it in a way that's not healthy. Yes, I have to take care of my health and, and uh, do stuff to take care of my finances, but thinking about it in an unhealthy way will produce unhealthy feelings. Speaking of unhealthy feelings, Baruch Hashem, we have a doctor here. Make sure everything everyone's healthy. Shalom Aleichem. So... So our thoughts and our feelings are connected to each other, and the verse that we were quoting yesterday um, it says in the Torah that the barren woman will rejoice. The Talmud says, why will she rejoice? Even though she's barren, even though she doesn't have any children, she's rejoicing because she doesn't have any un- unholy children. She, she, has, she may not have holy offspring, but at least she doesn't have unholy offspring. What does that mean? So we learned that it means that she doesn't have the, uh, or we are the wife of Hashem, we don't have the unhealthy feelings of love for what we shouldn't love and, and, and being afraid of things we shouldn't be afraid of. Why does this woman, why do the Jewish people, why does every Jew um, not have these unhealthy offspring, these unhealthy feelings and characteristics and behavior, where does it come from? So, the, so, the, so we learned this ta- concept in the Talmud, a woman only makes a covenant with someone who has made her a vessel. That's the words of the Talmud. So in a similar way, in order for us to preclude the possibility of having unhealthy offspring, we have to become a vessel for godliness. By being a vessel for godliness, we will not have unhealthy offspring. I just want to uh, give a, I think, a context to what the Rebbe is referring to. Um, I don't think the Rebbe is, I don't think the Rebbe is referring to becoming a tzaddik and not having any kinds of negative feelings. There is a talk where the Rebbe said in 1991, I think it was Parshas Bechukosai, that every single Jew is capable of becoming a tzaddik, although in Tanya it says it's not possible, but since we're so close to coming Mashiach, that's possible. But that was a novel thing that the Rebbe said then, but in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe says that you can't decide to become a tzaddik and just change your, uh, your, your hard drive. Um, 
So I think the simple meaning of what the Rebbe is saying is not that you will suddenly lose all feelings, all physical feelings for negative things, but precisely what he says is about feelings that are produced by unhealthy thoughts. If your thoughts go the wrong way, they're going to make unhealthy feelings. So that we could protect ourselves from. We could protect ourselves from having um, paradigms that create unhealthy feelings. What we need to do to, um, but what do we need? What do we need to do to make sure that happens? Our alignment if, is always off kilter. I mean, the animal soul uh, may arrive. Uh, the godly soul arrives at the age of our mitzvah. The animal soul has the home court advantage for many years. That's why the Torah calls the animal soul the old and foolish king. The physical world is in front of our eyes. So our natural alignment is to give birth to unhealthy offspring, to have unhealthy feelings and unhealthy... um, It's more natural to us to have unhealthy feelings than it is for us to have these healthy, holy feelings. So... How can we keep the, um, the blinders on, if you will, on our brain so that we, we do think about God's kindness instead of thinking about uh, those things that create anxiety? What do we do? So, so the Rebbe says that we need to do, we need to do is, we, what we need to do is we need to become a vessel for godliness. When we're a vessel for godliness, then the Torah says about us, a barren woman who does not have offspring shall rejoice. The barren woman, the woman, the Jew who does not have unhealthy feelings shall rejoice. How do we achieve this? By becoming a God's wife, meaning by becoming a vessel for godliness. So today we're going to learn about how to become a vessel for godliness and what that means. But what we learned yesterday was, was that our forefathers, Av, Mitzvah, and Yaakov, they make an effort to try to dig within us um, and to find, the, uh, to find the good stuff inside of us, to reveal the living waters of love and reverence for Hashem, our forefathers, the power of our forefathers, uh, enables us to become a vessel for godliness, so that we're, we only yesterday, the meaning of, the meaning of being, yesterday we learned the meaning of being a vessel. Today we're going to learn how to become a vessel. Um, in the context of the time of the year that we're in right now, it says the difference between the Baal Shem Tev and the Alter Rebbe is that the Baal Shem Tev showed us the ladder of serving Hashem, what serving God looks like. The Alter Rebbe showed us how to climb the ladder. So yesterday we learned what the ladder looks like. Yesterday we learned the meaning of a vessel. What's the meaning of a vessel mean? A vessel means that you're, that you're, that you're open for something, that this thing matters to you, so that like, when, when you're a, a batter, let's say, and, you're, uh, and you, you, have a, you have a place in the, in the inside pocket where you love to swing your bat. So that's a place, you, you're, you're ready for that, you're a Kaylee for that. You're, 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 in, you're, 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 you're when, you, the, the, when the pitcher makes a mistake of setting the ball in that place, boom, home run. So the idea of being a vessel for godliness means that we are open and ready to hear Hashem's words, that we love them, we're into them. So we spoke yesterday about how a person can daven and not know what chapter of davening they're up to. They can learn Torah and not know what, they're not, not being aware that, they're, that the light of Hashem is illuminating their neshama while they're learning Torah. All these things can happen because we're not a vessel for godliness. A vessel means, as the Rebbe said yesterday, that you're, if you have a geschmack, you have a kvel telukus. You enjoy elukus and you yearn for elukus. If you enjoy elukus and you yearn for elukus, 
So then, so then you can, uh, then you're, that, that's the meaning of being a vessel. You enjoy it and you yearn for it. So then if you enjoy it and yearn for it, then it comes to the and you're into it. So today we're going to learn about how do you become a vessel for it? What makes you a vessel for godliness? How do you get a geshmak for it? And how do you get a, um, an interest and a yearning for it? Which, again, will preclude the possibility of there being unhealthy offspring. That your mind will go in the wrong direction, you'll follow your natural physical alignment and go after the, and think about the wrong things and produce the wrong kinds of feelings. So the appropriate time Ever continues in the second paragraph of Eis Gimel, the appropriate time to, to change yourself, to become a vessel for godliness, a vessel for holiness, is in during davening. Davening is meant to bring the neshama from your nostrils. It says in the Torah that God blew into Adam's uh, body a soul of life. He blew into his nostrils. So the Rizal Talmud says that before you daven, your soul remains in your nostrils. Davening is meant for the neshama to proceed to, to go from your nostrils to, 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 to shine in your, whole, in your whole being. The Arizal says that when you say baruchu, that's the moment of the day when the neshama leaves the nostrils. But that's just a Kabbalistic mechanism. We're not just talking about um, uh, stuff to do. We're talking about the neshama being bepnimius. Bepnimius means... That if bepnimius means when something is bepnimius and something else, what that means is that that thing is 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 hold is affected by it in a very direct way. When Daniel and his uh, and those who were with Daniel saw this this great um, image, the Torah says they were frightened and they were trembling, although they didn't see it. The Talmud says that Daniel saw a a vision. Those who were with him did not see the vision, but they were affected. They were affected because there was something that they sensed in their soul that they didn't know in their mind and heart that they were affected by. Something they were conscious of that was happening in their room that they didn't know what it was. That's being affected in a makif way. Being affected in a pneumious way, in an internal way. Makif means that it just encompasses you, that it surrounds you, that's transcendent, but it impacts you nonetheless. Pneumious means that it's something that you relate to, that it affects the way you think and feel. So davening is meant that to cause our neshama should be someone that we relate to, someone that, 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 that we think and feel. Imagine you speak to a friend who, who, who tells you about, let's say, I don't know what they, who they're voting for, and they're, so, they're convincing. So your friend now is, 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 is effective epidemius. You think differently about politics. Your neshama is part of you too. So davening is the part of the day when your neshama is supposed to talk to you and affect you so that you should think and feel like your neshama. Davening is a foundation of the rest of the day. That's the meaning of the words of last week's Torah portion. Yaakov went on his journey. In order for Yaakov to go on his journey every day, to go throughout the day, to learn Torah t- today, to do mitzvahs today, to, do, to serve Hashem in all your ways today, how do you achieve that you're going to do things right today? It's through davening. Davening makes you a vessel for godliness. Again, that means that you yearn for it and you enjoy it. If you yearn for it and you enjoy it, so when you learn Torah, you do mitzvahs, it's, it's different. The Rebbe gave the analogy uh, once to a person who had a dry cleaning um, store. Um, if I heard correctly, 
Ebbe spoke about how a garment can be soiled and you have to uh, press it and you have to put chemicals on it. And, um, and when you do, so then the garment is, is fresh again. So that was speaking about pressing it, if I'm correctly, means, yeah, pressing it means to accept upon Hashem, yourself Hashem's yoke. Uh, putting the formula in the, in the hot water means davening. The Torah says, pour out your heart like water to Hashem. That's the meaning of, of um, that's the analogy of dry cleaning. That makes your, your, your clothing brand new. Um, another occasion, um, there was t- another letter that was wrote to someone who made containers. I don't know what kind of containers he made, but there was speaking about how it when when something's an appropriate container, so then what you put in that container remains fresh. And uh, conversely, when it's not appropriate container, then things can get moldy in it. Similarly, there but says it's possible because we're so involved in the physical that we just naturally um, we we learn and do mitzvahs for the wrong reasons. Therefore, we need to have these. Uh, to refresh in our containers. When do we refresh in our containers so that the davening and the learning and all, I mean, that throughout the day we're doing things the right way, that's through davening. In the process of making a vessel, there are two parts. If you want to take a piece of wood or a piece of metal and to make it a vessel, you have to do two things. One thing is you have to get rid of what doesn't belong. And the second thing is you have to form the actual vessel itself so that it should contain what you so that it should function the way you want it to function. You have to do mibachutz. You have to take away from the things on the outside which aren't which will need to be there and chakika mibifnim. And you have to shape it so that it can receive. You have a piece of wood, so get rid of the part of the wood which isn't necessary. That's number one. Number two is shape the wood. When do we sh- when do we remove those things which aren't necessary in our life? The things which aren't necessary to become a vessel that disturb the vessel, and that. All that should remain in us is just that which is needed to be a vessel. When do we do that? That's during the first part of davening, which is called Pesuke de Zimra, verses of praise. The word for praise in Hebrew is lazamer. Lazamer also means to prune, to cut off the branches that don't belong. To remove and to cut off all of the negative feelings. When their negative feelings are present, you can't become a vessel for godliness. The, in Tanya, in chapter 28, the Alter Rebbe says that having negative thoughts in the middle of davening doesn't mean you're doing the wrong thing. On the contrary, that means you're doing the right thing. The fact that you're, that you're trying to daven and, and the animal soul is getting annoyed and trying to send negative thoughts your way, that means you're doing the right thing and, and don't stop davening because of that. Doesn't mean that, that, that's, not, that's not stopping your davening. Another occasion, I think it was Tafshin Yadal of Parshas Meshpatim, the Rebbe spoke about how um, when you say um, certain things that we do make our soul insensitive. For example, when we scoff, when we make fun of things, when, we're, when we speak in a, uh, about worldly things, etc., and we get into worldly things, so that makes us less sensitive for Tagalinus. But when we talk about the greatness of Hashem in creation, even though we don't understand, the Pesukah de Zimra is all about how Hashem made the world. And although we don't understand creation, we can't imagine the process of not existing and, become, and existing. We, we, don't, we don't have any parallel for that in, the, in, our, in our lives. But, um, but yet, Pesukah de Zimra, although it's not something which we have a panemius, not something we, can, something we can internalize, but it does make us more sensitive to godliness 
it does remove all of the negative rust and grime on the outside of our, our soul. It does take off the part of the vessel, the part of the piece of wood which, doesn't, which isn't needed for the vessel. It takes off the piece of metal which isn't needed for the vessel. It takes off the part of us which, which, isn't, which we don't need. All these negative things that we do, they, they, they cause these things to attach to us. So Pesukah de Zimra is about becoming sensitive again to Galenus. So becoming, it's taking away all of the, the indulgence and obsession with the physical. Again, it doesn't mean that, we don't, that, that, that thoughts can't enter our mind. It means that that, that that process of thinking about it, the greatness of Hashem and creation, that lifts us a little bit above where we were before. That, that makes us able to, um, to hear the next part of Davin. So the first part of davening is merely, it, 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 it sounds similar to what the Gemara says. Gemara says, when you walk into a shul, before you begin to daven, you have to walk in the length of two doorways. So there are those that explain that you have two doorways. You have to go first away, first way to go away from where you were before. So Psukah de Zimra is about going away from where you were before, but just by th- talking about, thinking about the greatness of Hashem and creation, think about that deeply, although you don't understand the concept of creation, you can't. You, we don't have a physical par- uh, analogy for it, but just the the immersion of yourself into the greatness of Hashem and creation that already lifts you above. That that already takes away the negativity. It doesn't it doesn't change your bepnimius? You're not understanding anything yet. But that that that, that but that takes away the metal, the, the, the unnecessary metal, the unnecessary wood. Then we come to the blessings of Shema and Shema itself until we reach Shmona Esrei. We take away the blessings of, we, the bless, oops, sorry. After we remove the negative, we continue on. What's the purpose of the blessings of Shema and Shema? That's to shape the vessel. To make the vessel able to receive things. In, in the blessings of Shema, we say the songs of the angels and the song of Neshama Yisrael, the song of, of the Jewish souls. Shema Yisrael is a song of the souls of Israel. And Kaddish and Baruch are the songs of the angels. So in the process of saying Shema and thinking about God's oneness, that makes us already a, a vessel for godliness. That already makes us not just that we remove the metal that's not necessary, that already shapes us by thinking about Hashem's truth in the blessings of Shema. And Shema itself, that is meant to allow us to achieve a hafta, to, 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 to achieve a love and reverence for Hashem. And then we come to Shemona Esrei, and Shemona Esrei is Shvichas HaNefesh. Shemona Esrei is where you pour your soul out before Hashem. And that's why there are 12 blessings there, where we ask for all of our needs. It says elsewhere that when we ask for our needs, we're supposed to really not just ask for our needs, we're supposed to ask for God's needs. We ask Hashem to heal us and to bless us, but we're supposed to have a question in ourselves. Why are we asking for all these things? What do we need them for? And we're supposed to, and we, we know why we need them. You know, we, 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 if you were to um, hear a phone ringing, and you were to say, uh, okay, you know, I need to answer this phone. Why do I need to answer this phone? Because this may be a business call. And this business call is important to me. Why is this business call important to me? Because I'm going to make money. And uh, I'm going to make money. What am I going to do with the money? I'm going to do well, I want to have a place to live. I want to have health. I want, I want my family to be comfortable. I want them to have, to have prestige and comfort. By the time you figure out why you're, um, why you're answering the phone, the phone has long stopped ringing. But when you dive in, you're supposed to think about why, Taka, are you asking for stuff? 
You're supposed to think about what is it you really need things for. You're supposed to have a question in your head before you ask Hashem for something. Why do I need this Hashem? And you have to answer that it, the reason why, why things are missing in this world is because something's missing in a spiritual plane. If Hashem gives the Jewish people gashmi, it's the physical, the Jewish people can make something spiritual out of it. So what you're asking for really is that God's desire to have a home in this world should be fulfilled. If Zev Kessler and David Lebel are, 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 are gvirim, are wealthy people, then the Abishter is rich, then Kedusha is rich, and then, 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 then the, the great stuff happens in this world. So you have to ask the Abishter to give you lots of brachas, but your question has to be to, to think in Davin, you have to think, I'm not just asking for me. That has to be in our... In our, in our we to, we're allowed to talk to our neshama and daven. We're to listen to our neshama and daven. That's what davening is about. So during davening, you have to listen to your neshama's words and say, I'm, I'm not asking for me. And, and you could ask yourself the question, why am I asking for this? Where does this come from? Okay. But when you daven, you're supposed to pour your soul out to Hashem and you're, and you're supposed to ask that all the blessings that we're asking for should actually happen. That's why... The sages instituted that all of the blessings that we see are written in a very brief form. All the things we ask for are very brief. Like the Bressman is thinking it's not so brief, it's 19 blessings, it's 17 pages. Yeah, but compared to the things that we're asking for, they're very, very brief. It really, uh, all of the blessings that we ask for, we, we sort of ask for, like we're asking for falafel. You ever order falafel in an Israeli pizza shop? You order falafel. Sim tchuna, tchina, sim pickles, sim, uh, you know, give this, give me this, give me that, give me this, give me that. Give, 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 give. So we say it's also in Davin. Sim shalom, sim tova, sim bracha, sim chayim. Just give us, give it, give it to us all. Direct, right away, right now. We don't we give any great preambles to our request, just go straight for it. And the reason we do this is because it, the prayers come, when something, you re, when something really really affects you in a very deep way there's no preambles there's no preface there's no introduction because you care very very much when something touches you in a way that you're not really missing it so much but you're missing it or you're missing it a little bit but that doesn't touch your very core then you could talk about it and at length and explain it you explain you first introduce the idea with a long introduction and when you actually ask for it you, you you talk about it at length but when something touches your very core then you speak very briefly. And this is all a result of becoming a vessel for godliness. And therefore you ask about what Hashem needs to be done in this world from the very core of your soul in a very brief way. And that's the reason, you follow Rabbi Zev, we ask the Abishter very briefly for all the things that we need because we're talking from the very core of our neshama. And we're not asking for ourselves again, we're asking for the Abishter to give us what, what, what we need so we could fulfill his purpose in creation. And this request is done very briefly again because it really touches you. When something really, really touches you, there's no introduction. Just straight, I need this. I need this. Um, and that's the reason. That's the reason why before we daven, we say the verses, we say, I, with your great kindness, come to your house. And for me, my prayer I, is that this time be a time of divine grace and mercy. In those words, we are evoking the merit of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. When I say the words, I pray to you with your great kindness, great kindness is a reference to Avram. Reverence of you refers to Yitzhak. And a time of divine grace refers to Yaakov. Yaakov is called the chosen one of our forefathers. 
So this is the chosen time of the day. So I'm invoking the merit of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov by, um, by mentioning the... Um, by mentioning kindness and fear and the a time of divine grace. Kindness refers to Avram, fear refers to Yitzchak, a time of divine grace refers to Yaakov, the chosen one of our forefathers. So this is because to be, create the vessel, to make ourselves into a vessel, it's through the power of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Um, and that's the meaning, again, of what we said earlier on in the Mimer, Tzenorena. Tzenorena means go out of yourself and see, by leaving yourself, by going after Hashem like a sheep. Through this, you're able to receive the revelation of godliness beyond all the spiritual cosmos because you have become a vessel for godliness that is higher than all the worlds. That means that you're able to get in touch with something beyond all of creation because you left yourself. And this is the meaning of the Pasuk, the voice of my beloved skips over the, over the hills and over the mountains. The mountains refer to our forefathers. Through the merit of our forefathers, through the merit of the mountains, we're able to skip, we're able to go out of ourselves and receive a divine revelation which is above the entire spiritual cosmos. So in short, what we did today was, we learned how to come, become a vessel for godliness, and we learned that there's two parts to this, which is Psuki de Zimra, the verse songs of praise, and then the blessings of Shema. Then we learned the meaning of why Shemana Esrei is very brief. And then we learned why we introduce our prayers with the Matayvu, because the Matayvu we invoke the merit of Armitz Yaakov, because their merit is what allows us to um, become a vessel for godliness. And then we concluded with explaining how in the merit of becoming a vessel for godliness and leaving our natural feelings and thoughts to go after Hashem, <coughs> we merit to have the voice of our beloved skipping over the mountains, the revelation of godliness that is higher than the world. Any, any questions or comments? I just missed one part about Yaakov, about Yitzhak, rather. Abraham is kindness. Yitzhak is fear. But in, the, in, the, in the sentence. It says, I will come to your house in fear. I will bow down to you in fear. So, and, and may, when I say, may my prayer be for you a time of divine grace and mercy, time of divine grace, time of God's favor, is, is um, um, uh, compared to Yaakov, parallel to Yaakov, because Yaakov was the chosen of our forefathers. All right. Have a great day. Atzlach HaRabba. Afreilchen Yudal Kislev.